go back to First Peter tonight. So we'll be in First Peter chapter number four and been just a little bit since we've been here, but I won't recap too much. Uh, just kind of bring you up kind of where we are now as we begun in chapter four. Uh, we began chapter four with the warfare considered. And um, it began in chapter number four. We looked at the mind, how we are supposed to arm our minds, arrest our members in verse two, anticipate the Messiah. And uh, in verse 4 and verse 7, act from the manifold, uh, grace of God. Verse number 12, we begin looking at appreciating, uh, for the lack of my uh, skills at alliteration, appreciating the miserable. And uh, so we'll start uh, down in verse number 10 and then continue on in the chapter. Uh, but in verse number 10 of 1 Peter chapter number 4, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. That's going to be hard to do from home. Right? That's going to be tough. You're not going to be able to be faithful to the scriptures and watch a TV evangelist. Right? So these people tell you, well, I can be just as right with God watching it on TV and going deer hunting, being close to nature, fooey on that. That might be good for them, but what about me? See, he commands all of us. He's not talking to preachers here. He's talking to every man that has received the gift. Now, that, in my opinion, could be referencing the specific gift that you may have. But I think when it's talking the gift, is probably referring to the Holy Spirit of God who gives us gifts and enables us in the ministry. Uh, even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And thank goodness for the manifold grace of God. Oh, my goodness. But now, so we started there, and that will begin to look at in verse number 12 now. Uh, it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you uh, as though some strange thing uh, happened unto you. And so uh, we know that uh, all of God's children, um, and I don't, I, this helps me when I think of this word strange because uh, that means it's not something peculiar to me. I'm not alone in this matter of suffering. Uh, your trial's different from my trial, and we suffer differently on different occasions in different ways maybe, uh, but we're all going through some form of suffering. Uh, and we will all experience the fiery trial. And we looked at that already. And uh, so think it not strange. You waste a lot of time uh, going, you know, God, why are you picking on me? Uh, that's, a, that's a time waster. Uh, Job just worshiped God, didn't he? And God giveth and God taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so we've got to do the same thing. Don't think it's strange. God's not picking on you. He's not abandoned you. He's not left you. Uh, God is still there faithfully, just like he promised he would be. Uh, he would never leave you. Uh, but he is going to perfect that which concerneth you, right? So you're going to suffer. And the servant is not greater than the master. Right? And so if they called him Beelzebub and said he was doing what he was doing in the name of Beelzebub, 
then he said to us, what shall they say to those of the members of the household? Uh, so we're going to be treated the same way uh, and will be hated for his name's sake. Uh, but even so, let it be as it is. I'd rather suffer with him and his people, wouldn't you? So think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. Uh, it's not the cool, refreshing, uh, comfortable, wonderful trial, right? He never promised it would be. It said a fiery trial. Um, that's kind of silly, but fires hurt, right? Fires don't feel good to be purified, uh, to be um, uh, put in. Uh, so it's just referencing these trials, and, and that's why I come up with this, appreciating the miserable. Because nobody enjoy. it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. Nobody likes being betrayed by a friend. Right? Nobody, nobody enjoys um, uh, being, um, being mistreated on the job because you look a certain way. Or nobody likes being made fun of because they won't go out and drink, young people, and party like the rest of them. Uh, young people, it's hard. It's hard to stay true when everybody else is doing the wrong thing. Uh, and so Jesus didn't say it was going to be comfortable trials and it was going to feel good and you're going to just love it. Uh, but he's trying to arm our minds and help us to see we can appreciate it. We can be thankful for it. Be thankful in all things. Why? Because the power of Christ rests. But now Pete, that's what Paul said. Peter's going to use the same language. But let's go on here. So, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, uh, which is to try you uh, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice. There's the appreciating the miserable fiery trial. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Now, uh, but rejoice in as much as you're partakers of Christ's suffering. Uh, let me just say this quickly, and I'm going to get to where I think we need to be on later in the chapter. But just, uh, I don't want to skip over things that may be important. One thing I think about here, uh, but rejoice in as much as you're partakers of Christ's suffering. Uh, most of us uh, know very little of suffering as a Christian. We know more of the suffering having done wrong, right? And that's not the type of suffering is being referenced here. I know too many people uh, that talk about how awful they've got it and how they're just suffering. But 99.9% .9 of their suffering is because of the decisions they're making. <laughs> right? It's not because they're being a Christian. Uh, they're just suffering because they made a silly mistake and they, they did something, um, you know, that wasn't right. And so um, if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption, right? And so uh, most of their suffering uh, is in the sins that they've committed. It's not suffering as a Christian uh, on the job and we're out on the job. Are we suffering as being Christians? Do people on your job know that you're a Christian? I was surprised at one man when he told me he was. It was a shock to me when he told me he was a Christian. And I thought, please don't tell nobody else. <laughs> right? Make us look bad. I mean, that man. Hmm. Well, let's move on here. But um, what we don't need to do is suffer as evildoers. He's going to talk about that. Uh, but let us suffer for Jesus' sake, right? And the only way we're going to do that is to get on board with Jesus and live like we're supposed to live. Live separated, live holy lives. Um, the world's not attacking people that look like them, Brother Jones, do they? 
The world's not coming after people that um, got a little bit of religion. And, uh, no, the world is attacking people that are trying to live right, give out the word of God, live holy, separated lives. Those are the ones that are being attacked. And that group of people, he's saying here, you can rejoice in as much as you're partakers of Christ's suffering. And uh, because Jesus suffered, they hated him, so shall we. And uh, there's a lot to be rejoicing about, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. You think about the crown of life. Uh, when a man is tried, right, endureth temptation, he shall receive a crown of life. There's a, uh, you're not doing it for nothing. Um, there's, two, there's a twofold blessing here. There's a blessing that's going to happen to you for suffering for Jesus now, but there's also a blessing that's going to come in eternity for having suffered and endured temptation. And so, boy, we serve a good God, don't we? I mean, I went into that already, but the, what he's, the, the crowns, the rewards that he's giving us, uh, is uh, he's rewarding us for the very power he provided for us to do it with. Uh, so, man, I'm telling you, we serve a good God, and, uh, and if we're going to live holy and we're going to live right, I don't care who they get in the White House, I don't care what happens in this country, uh, uh, who we get in there, which leader we get, or whatever happens, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If we're going to live right, uh, we're going to be attacked by the enemy, we're going to be attacked by the world. Um, because they'll know we look different. You young people know what I'm talking about. You go to school, and if you go to school and you just blend in, nobody says much to you, right? You just look like everybody else. Not much suffering going on. You can just kind of blend in and, um, uh, you know, not have much to worry about. Um, but uh, if you go to your job or you go to school or you go out into this world and you live sanctified and holy and separated and you are telling others about Jesus, you're going to suffer for that. They're going to make fun of you. You're, they're going to call you a holy roller and all those wonderful names and, um, you know, that they come up with. Uh, the first thing you'll be is a hypocrite because the first thing you do wrong, they'll start looking for something that they can charge you with. That's the way the world operates. That somehow it might relieve them of their responsibility to have to do right because they saw you not do right. So anyhow, so we're going to suffer for those things. We're going to suffer uh, in this world uh, because they hated the Lord. And this is, we, we understand this. This isn't, uh, this what's going on in this country, the attack on Christian churches, uh, the attack on, you know, I may not agree, uh, preacher, I don't, there's, there's a lot of men that I do not agree with theologically in any shape, form, or fashion. And used to, ecclesiastical separation meant something. Uh, we used to, we used to, uh, uh, you know, not hobnob around with people that didn't believe the Bible, uh, but that's few and far between anymore. But there's people I disagree with theologically. But as an American, I, I, I tell you, I'm troubled when I see our government move against any church, and that's wrong. And I want to stand with them. Uh, I don't want to see them being attacked. I don't like seeing our rights taken away and our government coming against us. And um, they, because they don't understand the Constitution says that we have separation of church and state, but that's to separate them away from us, right? 
They keep the government out of church affairs. It doesn't keep Christians and Bible-believing churches uh, from being involved in government. It's to keep the government out of the church, right? And uh, they got no business, and it starts with a virus now, and they're just testing the waters. Um, they tell you when you can sing. They tell you when you can go to church. They'll tell you when you can, and um, that's, that is awful. And, and we're seeing it just begin in our day, and it will only get worse as we see the day approaching. And what did, what did the Lord tell us to do? I was talking to Brother Inman, and I said, it may come to a point that you may have to teach us how to have underground churches. They've been doing it for years. Governments have been telling those in China and other places when they can go, what they can worship, what they can believe, when they can believe it. And, and I mean, the government controls everything. And uh, they've had to operate being able uh, to sing without singing out loud because their neighbors will hear them and report them to the authorities. Boy, we've had it good in this country. Mm. A lot of people, and you go to sing, and they just stand there and stare at you. Don't they? Too lazy to even bend over and pick up a songbook and sing along with you. <laughs> wow. Boy, I bet somebody in China would like to be able to sing out, wouldn't they, and lift their voice up to the Lord and rejoice and, and lift their voices up to the Lord. Uh, but uh, we take, we've taken so much for granted, so much for granted. Uh, but um, that's all right. He's going to talk about judgment beginning at the house of God. Now, uh, so he gets us down to verse number 13. Let me try to uh, move a little bit quicker here. And we'll look at another verse. Number 14 uh, says, So if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Uh, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. And so God is thankful when you suffer uh, afflictions. And what did he say? He said, um, uh, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and say, all men are of evil against you for my name's sake. Um, blessed are ye, right? And great, rejoice for great is your reward in heaven. Um, and so that's the way we ought to be looking at this stuff. Um, and, and we stand, the things we stand against in this country, they absolutely hate Bible-believing Christians. Now, now, now uh, um, uh, so-called evangelical, well, that, that's a lowercase e, and that's a word that's been very loosely misinterpreted. Uh, but uh, um, a lot of these guys get up and say, uh, I seen one the other day on the Internet. He was a, a so-called preacher. Uh, his mommy called him to preach at some point in his life, or he called himself. And uh, he has some followers, and he got up and said, abortion's right in line with the Bible. <laughs> now, the world's not going to bother him. He'll be fine. And to worry about him. The world's not going to bother him. Now, his problem's going to be in the last day. That's when his problem's going to be. Because you'd have, you'd have to go to school and learn to be that ignorant. Uh, that's silly. You'd have to purposefully deny the Bible to believe that God's okay with abortion. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, but uh, that's how they feel. Uh, many denominations now, you've gotten Methodists and other denominations that uh, have ordained women um, to preach and ordained uh, even sodomites, open sodomites. I mean, brother and sister, the, church, the world's not going to attack them. They hate us. That's who they hate. Why? Because we're exclusive in what we believe. There's one way. Muhammad's not going to get you there. Nobody else but Jesus. 
and it's an exclusive religion. It's an exclusive uh, blood-bought group of people that's going to heaven when they die. And, uh, and they don't like that exclusive. They don't like for us to preach it that way. They just want uh, all roads lead to heaven. Oprah's wrong, brother. There's, all roads lead to hell except for one. That's Jesus. I am the way. And uh, anything outside of him is going to lead you straight to the pit. Uh, but Jesus uh, is the only way plus nothing minus nothing. And uh, the crowd that preaches that and tries to stand on this Bible, uh, it's just beginning in our country what we're going to suffer. It's just beginning. We're at the tip of the iceberg. So long as I just want to take my family and just show up at church a little bit and try to do a little better and uh, you know quit sinning as much and try to sin a little bit less, I never had a single problem in my family, never had a problem on my job, nobody attacked me, nobody cared that I wanted to go to, but when I got in, God saved me and converted me and changed my will and my ways and I mean totally birthed me completely new, I'm telling you the world began to hate me in a cruel way, I didn't even try to do anything that was, they just hated me because I was born of heaven. The same way it goes for you. If you're going to do something for God, you're going to be hated for it. Uh, but so long as we just blend in and just kind of keep our heads low and don't say anything and don't raise a stink and we just kind of, you know, kind of uh, just kind of keep our heads low and uh, we're not going to experience a whole lot of uh, trouble. But if we try to stand for something and see souls saved, we're going to experience some suffering. And I say suffer on. The Bible says rejoice. Rejoice in that. Be glad. Um, I, I think it's wonderful. You're going you're gonna to be attacked for something someday. I'd rather just be attacked for serving Jesus, wouldn't you? Young people, you think, you know, it's, it is difficult. But, it, you know, you get out there amongst the world and they attack you. Of course it's difficult. But they're going to attack you for something. At least give them something to attack you for that stands for something. It's going to mean something in eternity. They're going to attack you for something. They're going to, people are cruel. They're just going to, the people are going to make fun of you for anything. I wasn't a Christian. I was made fun of in school. People are just cruel. And they'll find something. I'd rather just love Jesus and let them make fun of me for loving Jesus. Wouldn't you? Then, then have a little reward in heaven for it. Amen. Well, and so he goes on to tell us in verse number 14, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory. Now, that is not used much, the Spirit of the Lord in other places, the Spirit of Christ. And, uh, but uh, what is amazing to me here in verse number 14 is this words, the words that's used here is the same exact word that's used when Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But here's not talking about necessarily, it's not saying that those that suffer now, that, 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 that you're going to rest. That's not what he's saying directly. What he's saying is the spirit of glory resteth upon you. Now, why does that matter? Well, it gets us to the same place, but I have a pretty good idea if the Spirit of God, if I'm suffering, and they're attacking me, speaking all manner of evil against me, and all these various things that are going on, and I'm suffering. The Bible says the Spirit of glory resteth upon me, and of Christ resteth upon me. It sounds to me like the Spirit of God in those suffering times, He's not troubled at all. He's resting. The, the Spirit of God's not, not fretting as He's trying to help you. I don't know how I'm going to help you. He resteth upon you because you're glorifying Christ. He's not troubled over you being attacked. 
<laughs> he's not afraid of the devil. He's not afraid of uh, any co-worker or any schoolmate. He's resting upon you. And I have a pretty good idea if the spirit of Christ is put in the picture here, in the spirit of glory, as resting upon me, not, not troubled upon me, not, but it resteth upon me. And I have a pretty good idea that if his spirit is resting upon me, my spirit will be pretty calm too. Don't worry about it. Let him attack you. Let him, just let him go on and attack you. Let them speak evil of you. Let them, let them say all that they want to say of you. Just humble yourself and suffer right. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Don't do that. Don't lash back at them. Don't go back off. Well, I'm going to go off on them. They're not going to talk. Don't get into all that mess. Just suffer right. Suffer like Jesus did. Is that not where he's called us up to? And if you do, the spirit of glory resteth upon you. Now, that's a wonderful blessing right there. Um, Paul said it like this, said it best, when I am weak, then I am strong. Right? Why? Because Christ liveth in me. So when I die to myself and I'm being, and I'm being, uh, being uh, crucified, I'm being, um, my flesh is being attacked, uh, the Spirit of God, uh, the Spirit of Christ rested upon me. Now that's half the reason. I don't think we realize some of these great benefits, do we? We're being attacked left and right and we just get mad, get our feelings hurt and say, well, it don't pay to be a Christian. Well, were you in it for the payment? I'm going somewhere here. Well, it doesn't pay to be a Christian. I thought if I'd be a Christian, I thought all my troubles would be over. God get me out of sin. God save me, put my family back together. And God, your family might get worse. Your wife may hate you more if you really get right with God. I don't know. Right? He didn't guarantee you any of those things. So we get, we come into life and we get troubled and we get attacked and we get, we suffer all these various things. And instead of rejoicing because we're accounted worthy to suffer for his name, we just get down and defeated. And before you know it, we're at the house and we don't come anymore on Sunday nights because it doesn't pay off. I'm not getting any, I'm not, it, it's not rewarding me anything. You know how many people I've told them that, I, I, that I've had tell me that? Well, why don't you go to church anymore? You witness to them, brother. Well, where are you going to church? I, I, I got out years ago. I quit going to church. I, somebody hurt my feelings. Well, I understand that happens. Surely it happens. And I'm not making light of it because it does hurt. Right? But it sounds like you're in it for the wrong thing. You're just in it to, so when something, something you didn't expect comes your way, something that hurt, when the pain comes along with it, which he told you was going to happen, it pushes you out. And instead, the Bible said, when all these fiery trials and, and things come upon us, what are we supposed to be? We're supposed to be happy. Why? Uh, because uh, we'll be glad with exceeding joy. There's crowns coming. His glory will be revealed. Um, the uh, spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. You think God's going to let you suffer all by yourself? Without any help? What did he say, Brother Tony? He said, uh, you will not be left comfortless. Right? He promised you're going to go through these things, but he didn't leave you all by yourself. I've been through some pretty dark times, but man, I'm telling you, I've never been through them alone. <laughs> Somebody else somewhere has been suffering, but there's a Savior. Uh, the Spirit of Christ uh, was with me, and I, I, I never was alone. 
I asked my grandmother, how did you make it these 35, going on 40 years now, without your husband, never had another date, never never remarried, just been by herself? I said, how did you make it alone all these years? She said, I've never been alone. <laughs> She's always had Jesus. <laughs> Man, what she lost in patent, Christ made up for it himself. Hallelujah. So now we got to move on here quickly. So um, in verse number 14, uh, I was going to go back and read uh, some of those verses, but let's, let's move on quickly. Verse number 15, let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, as an evildoer. Now don't think you're getting out of this easy. As long as I don't kill anybody, then I'm okay. <laughs> Man, some of you need a good laugh. That, that tickles me because I'm always talking about smacking somebody. But uh, it's a joke, a running joke I've got with a friend of mine. But anyhow, he's, uh, he says here, don't anybody suffer as a murderer. Well, I've never killed anybody. I'm okay. Well, we know what murder is, don't we? That's the bad thing. He's not talking about taking a gun shooting somebody here. Now, that would include that. But what do we know is murder? If any man hateth his brother. Mm. Boy, that goes on in Baptist churches, doesn't it? I think some people are suffering as a murderer. They hate their brother. I hope you don't. I hope that's not true of you. Or as a thief. I don't care if you're stealing from a company that is worth billions of dollars. I don't care if you're stealing from the government. I don't care if you're stealing from any. I don't care where you're stealing from. Uh, the Bible says don't suffer as a thief. Don't suffer as a murderer. Don't suffer as an evildoer. And then he uses this word. I'm going to move quickly on. Uh, but a busybody. Let me just read this to you. Don't suffer as a busybody. An inspector of strange things. That's one definition of a busybody. Uh, things that are foreign to you, things that are none of your business, that have nothing to do with you. Uh, you act like an inspector. Now somebody, if please, got to help me through this. I heard somebody say one time, you know, I heard a lot of Baptist preachers usually turn to the women when they deal with this, but I was telling some of these folks, I worked at a, uh, when I first got on with AT&T, Brother Jones, I started out in the business office, and just to get on with the company, and my wife was pregnant, and I needed a good job, I was just $6 an hour, make it running a, a 320 Trico, uh, and a dozer, and, and no benefits or nothing, so I got, I just had to take a good job, and so I got on with the phone company, and um, I started out in the office, and I was mainly working with women, and I thought, Lord, and after nine months of that, get me out of here. This is a mess. Not only because I'm in there by myself, but these women are crazy. And that's what I thought. That's what I thought at the time. Now, I'm not saved. And I know this. <laughs> I'm glad some people laugh at that. Some people are so mad about me saying that. Get over yourself. Then I got outside, Brother Reed, and I got to work in, I got the first job down here in Harriman, got to working outside with a bunch of men. I'd have rather gone back in the office with the women. Ten times worse. Bad mouthed each other. They, they, they assume no longer they leave the office. Your phone would ring. I'm so tired of him. All he does is just kiss up all the time. And here they go. I'd rather go back with the women. The men are just as bad. <laughs> 
So this is anybody can be a busybody. A lot of people turn to women on this, but this can be anybody. This is anybody. That's why it says a busybody. Uh, not a busy woman, but a busybody. Now they do have that tendency, and he deals with that over, Paul does, uh, in dealing uh, there when he's dealing with those widows and things. But uh, anyway, so let me just say this. Inspector of strange things, uh, this is not talking about uh, having to deal with things that come your way. You remember Paul uh, was told about what happened there at the church when he wrote the Corinth. Paul was not there to see it happen. So Paul wasn't being a busybody, right? Somebody told him what happened, and it was filthy, and he dealt with it. Now, that's not Paul meddling in business that ain't his, right? They try to use that as an example and say, well, you just mind your business. If I, if I, if I want to, uh, if I, as people in the church, can I say something to you? We're, nobody's being a busybody when we notice you living in sin. That is our business, to try to help one another, right? <laughs> And so uh, you're reflecting Christ, and it's better for you and, and the testimony of the church. And so, well, you're just being a busybody. Stay out of my business. No, they're not being a busybody. You need to get right with God, yeah. right? But having said that now, <laughs> there are people in churches uh, that seem to think that it's their job uh, to seek out all the problems, yeah. right? I have the unfortunate gift of some people feel like it's wonderful to call and tell me about it. I don't know why they do that, brother. I have no idea why I thank God. I didn't want to know that. But that's just the way it goes. And once you know it, you got to deal with it. But people think it's their business. It's not our job to go out here and inspect. I'm not, I'm not running around here trying to inspect what you all are wearing. Right? But if I notice it, I'm going to say something about it. If you don't like it, then you just have to get over it. Amen. Right? But I'm not out here inspecting, trying to stick my nose in place of it. But that's my business, right? So what is a busybody then? Well, a busybody uh, would be somebody. Let me give you this, this next one quickly. Uh, an, an overseer in someone else's place. Uh, here's a good one. One who busies himself in things that do not concern him. Here would be a busybody. It would be me. Finding out something about some preacher somewhere and uh, seeking it out. And, well, they're having trouble over here at this church. And me going and seeking it out and trying to find out information and calling people and getting it all figured out. So I could call Brother Reed and say, boy, I got the goods on them. This is what they did. And I, that ain't none of my business what's going on down there. This is my business right here. And this is your business. And uh, so they may be having trouble over there. Now, I'm not talking about there's things that come our way that we have to deal with. I, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about actively seeking out information on people. Trying to find out something that they can use, uh, not to help somebody with, but just to get involved with other people's business. And this is why Paul said, and I, I, we're running short on time, but I, was want, I wanted to go to these verses. And so what he said was, I hear that some people are disorderly. And instead of working and being productive, they're just busying themselves in things that have absolutely nothing to do with them. Right? Just so they can find out because they like to call people and talk about it. Now that would be a busybody. Somebody that uh, uh, got nothing better to do but to call around and try to find out all the uh, uh, juicy details. And, and uh, they have no intentions of trying to reconcile a problem or help or do anything like that. They just want all the information so they can call and tell everybody about it. All right? 
I, I know a man right now who thinks that God, the Spirit of God gifted him with all of the information in Rome County that he can share with everybody else. He's the source of all the information. And he likes to call around and get all the information. They'll call people in our church to find out how things are going down here. It ain't none of his business or her business of what's going on down here. Right? And if that's bothering you, give them my number, would you? I'm not trying to be ugly, but that's silly. Don't get involved in other people's business, right? Don't get involved in other church matters. That ain't our business, what goes on down there. Right? We're just concerned about what's going on here, trying to bring glory to God here, aren't we? Now, uh, that didn't uh, cost any extra, but Paul said uh, we need to study to be quiet. Work with your own hands. Get involved with doing something. If you don't get busy doing something for the Lord, you'll find yourself wrapped up in a bunch of stuff that ain't got nothing to do with you, and you're just going to stir up and get in a mess and cause problems. Just get busy doing something for God. Then you won't have time uh, to get all the juicy details and run around and share it with everybody and try to hurt other people, right? Right. I don't want to read them verses, but I kind of wanted to. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. But 1 Thessalonians 4.11 and 2 Thessalonians 3.11 and 1 Timothy 5 all deal with this matter of a busybody. So do not suffer as a busybody involving yourself in other matters. It's quite another thing when you're invited into the situation. But don't involve yourself in other people's matters, right? Verse 16. Yet if any suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Folks, we have nothing to be ashamed about. Uh, let them attack us. Let them, uh, uh, you know, we're bigots. We're filled with hate. We're judgmental. All those wonderful things they like to call us. We're hypocritical. We think we're better than everybody. And I don't even know where they get that from. I don't think I'm better than anybody. Do you? <laughs> I just That's just what they charge you with. And let them go on and say all those things, right? Let them go on and talk like they want to talk. And uh, we don't even have to defend ourselves. Uh, so suffer as a Christian. And don't be ashamed to suffer being a Christian. There's nothing to be ashamed of for looking this world in the face and telling them you love Jesus. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Don't be ashamed of that. They should be ashamed, not you. For the time has come uh, that judgment must begin at the house of God. We're not going to get there, um, and so we'll, we'll bring it to a close here. But for the time has come, and the time has come now, uh, and is, and it had come then, uh, that judgment must begin at the house of God. Now, some people talk about that maybe being Israel. I, I don't know, but we certainly know it's true. Um, the reason I, I don't think it's talking about Israel, and I'm not picking anything if you do believe that uh, but some people say that's referring to Israel there uh, but what does the very next part of the sentence say remember that's not ended in punctuation this is a continual sentence that's begun here and if it first begin at us so kind of be kind of strange for to make it say that basically that was talking about where God's going to turn to Israel again, talking about in the last days. It'd be kind of hard to make it say that um, based on what he's saying there because uh, he's identified no longer. He's no longer a Jew, right? He's a, he's a born again Christian, part of the Gentile bride, part of the bride. Uh, but anyway, so um, he said, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel? What should be the end be of them that obey not the gospel? Now, 
here is what I, um, and what I believe this is saying here. So he said, a judgment begins at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And so um, we all, none of us escape judgment, right? None of us escape um, God dealing with us. None of us escape God's chastening hand. If you have, you're not his anyway. Uh, but uh, all of us that are saved are, um, uh, are dealing with the judgment of God. He always is, um, uh, when in the sense now, one day we'll deal at the judgment seat. Uh, but God's chastening us, is he not? He's not dealing with us. He always is dealing with us as children. And I don't let my children bow with a lot. Do you? Did you when you were raising your children? I was pretty hard on them. I still am pretty hard on them. But uh, God don't, I don't know about you, but God don't let me bow with a whole lot. Does he? And uh, so here's what I think it's saying. So if the righteous scarcely be saved, that can't be talking about salvation. Because if it's talking about salvation, it would not say the righteous are scarcely saved. For there's none righteous, no, not one. So it can't be talking about uh, eternal security, salvation, not talking about that. It's talking about from judgment. Of all the suffering that's going on in the world, we're caught up right in the middle of all the judgment that's coming to an ungodly fallen world. Right? Hey, there's judgment that's coming against cities. There's judgments that's coming against towns. And uh, I think that may be part of what happened to Katrina. All that wickedness and voodoo and all that stuff was going on down there. That place was wicked. Absolutely. It still is wicked. Probably the judgment of God for all I know. But there was probably some Christians around somewhere in there that got affected with that. You know, they got affected by that and went and, and got caught up in that. And, and so what he says here, if, if you and I, talking about uh, the righteous, if, we, uh, if we're scarcely spared, just, just few of them escape uh, uh, out of all of those kinds of things. So we're, we're caught up right in the middle of all that now. There's uh, people that uh, are being shot and killed. And I heard that little boy the other day got killed. And uh, you about, uh, can't go to the cities anymore. You better stay out in the country. People have gone crazy. But uh, if they're scarcely saved, where shall the ungodly? They're not spared. The righteous are not spared from having to deal with judgment. We're not spared from that, are we? But we've got a father, right, who never leave us and forsake us. And I don't suffer like they do. I'm not treated like they are. I, I, I've got my fathers who's dealing with me. That's not who's dealing with them. He's not their father. And so where shall those be uh, that obey not the gospel? It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. That's talking about to me and you. We try to, uh, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. That's talking about Christians. God doesn't let, that's what bothers me. I don't see how a man can go as a drunk and a doper uh, for 40 something years, 50 years, live his whole life that way and claim to be saved. This doesn't line up with the Bible. Right? That's not the way God deals with his children. But here's what, here's, what about those, what, what about the ones that are unsaved? It ought to put some fear in your heart tonight if you're not saved. If God scarcely lets us by, how many of you, you can't even think wrong without God pricking your heart and saying, you better get your act together, my friend. I wouldn't do that if I was you. Does anybody else get those thoughts? I wouldn't go down that road. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. But what about the ungodly? What if you're not saved here tonight? What do you think the end of you is going to be? 
See, our judgment, our end, um, I stand before the Lord and I stand there justified in Jesus. I stand complete in Him. My life is hid with Christ in God and my, the, the book of works is open. It's going to be tried for what kind it is and it'll be tried as by fire and wood, hay, or stubble. And it'll be burned up or it'll come through and it'll pass the test. It's tried as by fire. That's my judgment. Your judgment will be raised to stand before God at the great white throne judgment and you will be judged in the book of works and you'll be cast into eternal fire. Right? But, I, but I've been faithful to church. I've done this. I've done that. We've done mighty deeds and wonderful things in thy name, Lord. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. That's, that's one of the saddest verses in all the Bible. I'm done, but that is a sad, sad verse, is it not? To be deceived in your life and think you've got a relationship with God that you don't have. That's why I'm so adamant. I don't mean to be come across mean or, or arrogant or divisive in any way. Um, but I've got very little patience for people that refuse to preach repentance towards God and faith in Jesus. They're not good people. They're not good fellows. And they're not great men of God. They're heretics and imposters. That's what I think they are. And I don't want ministries to continue that are going to tell people you can sign a card and go to heaven. So I'm not going to, I'm not, hey, listen, I've, I've seen some independent fundamental Baptist. We need to join together and we're going to, if we don't stand together, we'll fall apart. I'm not going to fall apart, are you? I'm with God. But I'm not holding hands with a bunch of people that don't believe the gospel. And I'm not going to fellowship with them. I'm not going to buddy up with them. And let's all stand against the government. They're not on my team. I'm on God's side, right? And well, I think everybody's got problems. We just got to do it. Well, I do too. But there's one place we better draw the line. And that's at the gospel. I, for 25 years, lived in complete rebellion to God and his Bible and believed I was going to heaven when I died. I almost got sent to hell over that kind of preaching. Told that you didn't have to repent. You didn't have to change. Just sign up here. That's shallow preaching. That's wicked. Paul took a hard stance on that. You don't think he did? Hey, I can deal with a lot of stuff. These people believe the end times a little different. These people believe things, brother, really a little different. I can try to get along with people. There's a lot I don't know in here. And I can try to just be understanding and, and try to, you know, agree to disagree on some things. But Paul said, if any man, if an angel comes and tells you any other gospel than what I preached, let him be cut off. Mark them as you have us for an example and avoid them, which cause divisions contrary to the doctrines that we know. I like what Dr. Seitler said, Brother Jones. He said, I'll fellowship with anybody who believes like me. And that's about how we're going to have to be in this day. Somebody's right and somebody's wrong. And I, I, listen, I am not going to run with a crowd of people that are going to deny repentance. They won't even preach it. I went to the man's website. It's not even on his website. It's, it, they actually stand against it. Hiles and the rest of them. I'm not buddies with none of that crowd. None of them. I'm not, I don't want to be, I don't want to be even associated with that group of people. And, and, and if they, I, I, I'm, so, I'm so independent from that crowd, I'm, I'm separated from them. I'm independent from them. 
So when you think independent Baptist, you know, people, one man took his Baptist off. I don't think that's the answer. Um, we're independent. I'm not associated with them. Right? That's part of being independent. We got to go home. But that stirs me up. I, I am stirred up against this kind of preaching that just tries to get, you know what that verse goes on to say in Romans and Mark them? He said, their God is their belly by fair speeches. They're some of the most gifted speakers you'll ever find. Thousands of people will come in and all they'll say, they've even gotten to the place now that the salvation is on what you say with your mouth. is in the confession. A man's not saved by what he says with his mouth. That's that quick prayer stuff. That's repeat this after me. That didn't save you. Repeating the prayer doesn't save you. Now, if God's working in your heart and you're repenting and have faith, you'll say a prayer. <laughs> Nobody had to lead you in one, which is okay sometimes. You know, some people do that. I'm not talking about that. But it's not in the confession. For a man first believeth in his heart unto righteousness, right? And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So I, I, don't know, I don't know where we're at, brother, but I... I, I, I don't want to be, de- and, and, and there in Romans 12, he said, mark them which cause offenses. The, the people, we're not the ones causing division. They are by not preaching sound doctrine. I just rather believe Jesus. Jesus said, repent or you shall perish. And I'm just going to believe Jesus. I'm not buddying up with them. Are you? We got to stand for something, don't we? Let's just stand for the truth. If Paul preached repentance towards God and faith in Jesus. I think that's what we ought to preach, don't you? Anyway, we love you. Uh, We'll go on into this. We've got to go home tonight. But as we come down, um, I was actually ready to deal with the workers' clothing. In chapter 5, he's going to deal with letting us remember to be clothed in humility. Uh, We'll come back there maybe Sunday night and kind of look at some more of those things. So. If you're suffering tonight, rejoice. Going through some things, rejoice. And thank the Lord for all His goodness. Because He is a good God. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for loving us. Take this little that's given. And Lord, make much of it in the hearts of your people. Uh, Help those that, um, Lord, may be unsaved tonight. Especially them, Lord. May you deal with them in conviction and power. Help them to see their great need of a Savior. And then help us as Christians, Lord. These are such difficult days. It's not easy. To, it seems like our crowd gets smaller and smaller in the sense of our circles and people that believe like us and love the Lord and call on God out of a pure heart. But, Lord, we just want to be faithful to what is right and what is sound and earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. So please help us to do that. Help our folks as they continue their mayor this week on their job. That you'd help those that are working right now, Lord. That you'd encourage, strengthen, and help them to be Christians and to be faithful to witness on their job. We love you. Please keep us all safe and watch over these many requests that have been mentioned. We pray for them as well, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet just a moment. If you would, please. And one verse, uh, Brother Reed will sing. If you need to come, you come.